This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live, presented by Kaleida Health. And welcome to a Buffalo game day Monday edition of One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. Steve Tasker in our One Bills Drive studios in Orchard Park. I am in Cincinnati. Uh, I would say about a half mile walk from the stadium. And Steve, the unseasonable weather continues here in Cincinnati, it is 55 degrees right now. It's supposed to go up to 60 here in Cincinnati today. And the low tonight, I think, is 52, I saw. And even better news for you, Steve, it looks like the rain may hold off until after the game is over tonight. I am excited, except I, I can't believe our crew in the, in the back. you got to turn the Monday night football theme on, guys. This is awesome. This, you know, it, <clears throat> what a what a welcome relief we can get a mid fifties game with no rain or fifty mile an hour winds in January. And uh, yeah, and of, of course it's not here in <laughs> Buffalo, but still, um, awesome news because I, I, to me, yeah, it's a big factor in 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 some of the struggles. The not they haven't even been struggling. I'm not going to say that. Uh, there you go. Thank you. I want that as a soundtrack all the entire show through everything we say. Um, the, I think the Bills, I think the weather has held them back this year. I thought it did last year, too. They have been snake-bitten by weather events. We, we've talked about it a lot, and I've heard fans talking about it. On home games over the last two years, you get up to a Saturday, and it's, gonna, it's a spectacular day, and then the next day, Sunday on game day, it stinks. It's been that way for two years. And now, finally, you go on a Monday night game on the road, and you're going to get, in January, a game where you can, like, stretch out, throw it, catch it, and not have to worry about the wind or the rain or the snow or the temperature even. Wow. What a gift. What a gift. Yeah. And I think when, you know, you've got two quarterbacks who are second and third in the league in total offensive yards this season, you want the weather to not be a factor so these two guys can play and the players and the talent on both these rosters can really reveal itself without weather being a factor to kind of tamp that all down yeah have an entertaining game tonight absolutely you you know it's going to be and and i'll say this too i remember being part of the teams in here in buffalo and you've seen it over the years um although not in the playoffs where these late in late in season games then you get one, like, for instance, you leave town, you leave Buffalo, you go down to Miami, or you go to Jacksonville, or you go to Houston, or wherever, one of these other cities, and you get off the plane, and you realize you're going to get able to play the game in, in, like, what you wore in training camp. You know, T-shirt under your pads, that's it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. no, no long johns, no scuba gear, no thick gloves, no hand that's warmers. Right. We're, we were talking, we were talking about scuba gear last week yeah. on this show. But Ryan Bates even said he wore yeah. scuba top. 
in, in, in Chicago. He wore a scuba top, and it wasn't long enough. It got his belly button cold because it didn't reach down over his tum-tum. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it makes a difference. You get off the plane. It's like you'll, these guys will get up. They'll start going out for pregame warm-up, and I'll say this too. You almost, as a coaching staff and a sports science department, almost have to say, no, you can't go out because these guys will go out and it'll feel so good to be out there running around in good weather. They'll do it too much before the game. They'll wear, they'll, they'll, oh. they'll top off, you know, they'll take the top off their fuel tank with energy yeah. because they'll be so excited and it'll feel so good to be out there. I mean, these guys are in, in dynamite shape. They're out there and their adrenaline's up. It's a Monday night football game. They'll be out there at like four o'clock running wind sprints, getting ready. For, you know what I mean? Their adrenaline mm-hmm. is going to start. They'll get excited about it, and they'll go out there and waste some energy just because it feels so good to be out there after all the games they've been playing in. Yeah. The, the other thing that I wanted to address with you is what happened late in the week. We reported one of these comments on the show. Uh, that was Tyler Boyd, right. who basically said he didn't think Buffalo's defense did anything special, and he said their secondary isn't the best one we've played this year. That was eye-opening enough. Then Joe Mixon doubled down and says, we're the dogs of the AFC. The AFC comes through us. Now, look, he's got a leg to stand on because they are the defending AFC champions. You can't take that away from him. But, Steve, you've been in these monumental games before. When the guy from the other team starts, it's chirping like that three days before the football game. What does that do to the other locker room? Yeah, that's a mistake. That's a mistake. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to make turn the tide and the Bills are going to come out and roll by 50 points, but it's a mistake. And I'll say that, yeah, you can't I, – I, yeah, it's a mistake, and I, and I don't know, you know, because there's there's no, like – you know, having you know, because guys will jump through hoops like, "Hey, saying I'm dis- they they're disrespecting us by not talking better about us. They weren't complimentary enough in their in their uh, interviews. They kind of just poo pooed or whatever they said. These were outright like they're not good. They're not the Baltimore. Ra- the, they told they said, "Hey, they're not the Ravens. This Bills defense isn't the Ravens, dude. The Bills beat the Ravens. Uh, it's a big. It's a mistake to talk like that. Because, I, yeah. I mean." You, I, I was mean, puzzled you by just, it. You're walking out on the field as a team just empowered to prove that guy wrong. Just to prove him wrong. Right? Like, oh, my gosh. It's just extra incentive. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's a mistake. You can't do that. You don't do that at this level. You don't do that not at to this mention level. The fact, not to mention the fact it's two veteran players doing that. It's not like some rookie that said the wrong thing and – He's going to get it used against him because he's not experienced in locker room interviews. You're talking about two veteran guys, Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon, who've been in the league a while. They know how to usually conduct themselves. But I I, I think this speaks to this bravado that these Bengals carry with them, at least in talking to some Bengals reporters. And we'll get another Bengal reporter on the second hour of the show when Ben Baby joins us. And we can bounce this off him as well, Steve. But their whole mantra, and Zach Taylor, the head coach, reiterated it this week. He said, "It's we don't worry when we have to play a formidable opponent. The way we look at it is we say, they've got to play us. And I think yeah. Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon are That's, echoing that with yeah. these statements. Yeah, I, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I get that. You know, you're they're playing a good team and you know what so you know, we're playing a good team it's a tough game this week you know what they've got one too and they're playing i get that that's perfectly acceptable that's not what those two guys did. that's not what joe mixon yeah, they, and they went did. over the line right yeah well yeah they i think <laughs> i mean it's a mistake that you can't come out and say that team we're about to play is not as good as this other team over here. They're, you know, like that. And, and, and their defense doesn't do anything. That it's not, like he was, yeah, he was, it was disrespectful. And we're, and we're the dogs of the AFC. Dude, it was disrespectful. You know, come get us. It was disrespectful. And also, if, if it goes through, hey, they go through, it goes through, the, the AFC goes through Cincinnati, 
you're saying the same thing. It's like, okay, now the, the NFC goes through L.A. for the Rams because they were in the Super Bowl last year. They're 5-10, and 10, bro. 5-11 yeah. and 11 now. <laughs> That's not how it works. You know, there's two teams ahead of you in the AFC right now. Yeah. And you just disrespected the one that's coming into town tonight. I I think it's a mistake. I'm, it may not be. I mean, they may be able to back it up. They are a very good football team. We all know it. But, man, oh, man, why why are you doing that? Yeah, what are you doing? I, I don't get it. I was I was puzzled by it, to say the least. We'll see if it plays a factor in the motivation for the Bills tonight. Not that they needed any extra incentive. Uh, just to bring everybody up to speed on the current AFC playoff picture, nothing has changed for the Bills. They remain in control of their own destiny. A win tonight pushes them ever closer to the top seed in the playoffs and home field advantage throughout. Kansas City won, so they are technically ahead of the Bills as we speak at 13-3. and three. Obviously, if the Bills win tonight, they will retake the top seed by virtue of their head-to-head tie-breaking win over Kansas City earlier this season. Cincinnati, though, has some things on the line, too. They are not out of the running yet for the top seed. They have a head-to-head win over Kansas City, and if they win tonight against Buffalo, they would have the head-to-head victory over the Bills as well and leapfrog them by virtue of that head-to-head tiebreaker and be just a game back of the Chiefs. And if they can win in Week 18 and Kansas City loses to the Raiders in Week 18, Cincinnati would move all the way into the top spot. So some work to do, surely. Uh, And they have the Ravens team uh, that they mentioned in week 18. So not an easy game for them, a game that they dropped in their first meeting between Cincinnati and Baltimore by a score of 19 to 17 earlier in the season. Also, a win tonight would give Cincinnati the AFC North title since Baltimore lost to a suddenly plucky Pittsburgh team, Steve, as Mike Tomlin has crawled all the way back to 500 with one game left to play next week against this Bengals squad. I watched the entire game last night, uh, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, and what a slugfest it was. Uh, Pittsburgh, Baltimore played extremely well defensively. Pittsburgh, at the end of the game, had a final drive with a couple of minutes to go, and Kenny Pickett, he got it done. Uh, he really got it done, and you got to tip your hat to him. That looked like they were down and out, um, hadn't done anything the entire game, uh, but they come down with just you know like a 54 seconds left in the game when the pass was caught in the end zone for the touchdown. It was an absolutely masterful drive, and you know Mike Tomlin and and th- th- those two teams, Pittsburgh and and Baltimore, and this here's the touchdown we're watching right here. Just a phenomenal thing. Uh, these two teams are built a lot alike, very stable organizations. Uh, they've got a ton of water under the bridge. This was the 32nd time or 33rd time the two head coaches had met as head coaches of these two franchises, Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh. And it was everything it was touted to be. And, you, you know, you kind of hope that's the kind of game we get tonight, and you kind of think it will be. It's going to be a very close football game. And I, I, it was a great game, an absolutely great game. And it was only, you know, it was a low-scoring game, no question. Nobody scored 20 points in it. I doubt that will be the case tonight. But still a a fantastic football game. And and you're right, the Pittsburgh Steelers climbed out of the abyss. And they went 2-6 and to start the season and went 6-2 and since. And here they sit. Eight and eight with one of three teams trying to get into that last spot in the AFC. Yeah, they got a chance to get in. They need a, a lot of help. Need some help. And they obviously have to beat the Bengals in week 18, who could very easily be playing for something, uh, in, including the division title. Because if, right. if they lose to the Bills tonight, the AFC North is up for grabs in week 18 between the two teams playing one another. It's winner take all, right. quite literally. Right. And a difference potentially between the four seed and the six or seven seed. Um, If it's ball. Well, no, that's not right. Between the four seed and probably the five seed because um, Baltimore and Cincinnati have pretty good records. Yeah. They They both have 10, at least 10 wins. And then we also got word. And I don't know if you, you might've mentioned this in passing about the schedule that's coming out for next weekend's game. 
Kansas City's playing Saturday. The Bills are playing New England on Sunday. We don't know exactly what the slot yeah. time is. Are you surprised by that? I'm no. a little surprised. I thought if I thought if the Bills won tonight, they would almost definitely put Kansas City and Buffalo on at the same time. And what this does is it affords Sean McDermott the option to make a decision as to how to approach Sunday's game against New England, because if Kansas City wins on Saturday at four o'clock, the Bills know, provided they win tonight, that they have to go out and win again over New England to secure the top seed. They, long story short, they will know what they are playing for. Um, right. The problem is so, this: you can't put the Bills on Sun Saturday. The Bills can't play on Saturday. They have to play on Sunday. Because they're playing on Monday. Yeah. If you played on Saturday, even if it's, a, if it's a home game even, because you'd have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to get ready. That's four days when yeah. you usually have seven. That's not enough. Now you say that. Now you say that. And at the same time, the other game, which is Jacksonville, right? Isn't Jacksonville playing Jacksonville Tennessee? Jacksonville is a win and in with Tennessee. Tennessee played on Thursday. Jacksonville played yesterday, and they're playing again on Saturday. Three extra days of rest and preparation for Tennessee for the most important game of the season. Oh, I yeah. can't imagine there's too many people in Jacksonville that are too thrilled with that. Well, you didn't know that was going to happen until, I mean, you knew it was going to happen. It was on the schedule, but. Yes, you didn't but it's know it was one less. Be... I mean, you, you were hoping you're playing Sunday, not Saturday. Right. But but interestingly enough, though, they, I mean, how about Jacksonville coming in with a better record than Tennessee, though? Eight and eight to seven and nine. That was mm-hmm. – they have really done a nice job. And, and I'll say this, too, and I was listening to the radio coming in. Uh, my A friend of mine, uh, uh, Adam Shine, pointed this out. Can you imagine, Brownie, think about this. The AFC playoffs, I'll just say this. Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Bro. That's about right. Yeah. No wonder, right? I mean, that's. Yeah, we t- I mean, we talked about it last offseason with, and I know it didn't pan out either, but. Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan also came to this conference via trade last offseason. Now, those two guys had horrible yeah, years. Yeah, they, they stink. And their teams are not going to make it. But we talked about how stacked the AFC was with young quarterbacks. And here they all are. You know who? And you know who is the, the oldest guy? In Kenny the, Pickett may even get in. Right, exactly. The oldest guy in the group is Pat Mahomes. What is it, 26, 27? Yeah. He came out in 17. Josh came out in 18. Herbert, Tua. Uh, Herbert came out with Tua. Lamar came out with Josh. And Burrow came out two years ago, three years ago. He came yeah. out after Josh. He came out in the same group as uh, Burrow. I mean, uh, Herbert, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, what is that? That's the 20 draft, yeah. Think about how young those guys are. Oh, Mahomes is the old guy. Oh. Yeah, it's three years from his thirtieth birthday. We're we're gonna be neck we're deep. Gonna be, in, we're gonna be neck deep in this for a while, Brownie. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. But, I was just gonna say that. Know, but we gotta. It's it'll be fun. Oh my god! As long as you got one of them, yeah. <laughs> as long as you got one of those. Guys, Think about that, because then you got you. After that, then you go Mac Jones, Tua, Kenny Pickett, who we we're talking about, the Jets, Ryan Tannehill. Then you got Deshaun Watson in in Cleveland, Vegas, Indianapolis, Denver, Houston. Nobody's got a quarterback. Yeah. It's going to be hard for those teams. Unless Houston's going to have Houston's probably going to have the first pick of the draft. So whoever that's, whoever's coming out this year, which I don't know who it's going to be. Yeah, it's yeah. unbelievable. I haven't even gotten started on my draft prep. Think yet. about it's way it. Too early for that. Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson. It you've that's got, got your entertainment lineup. value. That's I mean, there's no tough, debating it, dude. That's a tough lineup to bust into. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, you don't want to be a general manager in those other cities that you mentioned. Well, right it's now. all of a sudden it's not so bad to be over on the other side where you got you know 
in there with the the Giants and the Seattle Seahawks and the Detroit Lions, Green Bay Packers of the, of the world, you know, who are just on the yeah. cusp of playoffs. And the top of that, they got Jalen Hurts at the top, but then it's Frisco with a rookie who he's great. Yeah, Brock Purdy. Yeah, he, I mean, I, right now, I mean, who, who else is going to be? Prescott. You got, yeah, you got Cousins, Brady, Prescott, Daniel Jones, Geno in the playoffs. Then you got Goff, mm. Rodgers, Washington Commanders, who I don't know who it is. New Orleans Saints, I don't know who it is. Carolina Panthers with Sam Darnold. I, I, hate to, I don't want to chuckle, but Sam Darnold. Atlanta with nobody. Uh, the Rams yeah. with a, a 63-year-old Matt Stafford. Arizona, Chicago. Well, you know, what are they doing with Baker? <laughs> Dude. The AFC uh, at the top is a – I mean, that's what, the, that's what it is, man. You can say whatever you want. It is a quarterback-driven league. Uh, you can say yes. you can cut it. there's great players at every position. I get it. I mean, and I was you know I was a kick cover. I'm I'm not talking out of both sides of my mouth. It's a quarterback driven league. The only remote argument against that is the Kyle Shanahan system, which seemingly you can plug any quarterback that has half a brain in and execute it. Uh, and why, win games. they've why? won they've won nine in a row, Steve. They haven't lost a game since mid-October. They have the longest winning streak in the league right now. Nine in a row. Uh, yeah, that's a one-off, though. I mean, come on, because you can't – if it was that – if it was his system, people would copy it. Okay. And I, and I mean, there is, a, do there is a Shanahan coaching tree in this league, right? I mean, well, yeah. McVay, um, Zach Taylor – uh, Kingsbury, O'Connell in Minnesota, Lafleur, well, both Lafleurs. You know so why? It's there, it's around. Let me just say this: If and it be, here's the here's the question I've got for you, Brownie. Do the okay. Niners run the exact same system the same way and call the same plays? If they got Josh Allen or Aaron Rodgers or Brady or Herbert Burrow. Mahomes, do they call? Do they run that system and run it like that, the exact same way? If they got one of those guys, uh, probably no. not. No, probably not. No, I mean, but you are going to run that system if you got Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and uh, what's his name at tight end? I mean, yeah, McKittle. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. But I, I think, I think that system and it's working, no question about it. But they got some guys and. They stunk it's for a while to, to get those, that defense the way it is. And I, I think there's no question they're jumping through some hoops, man, making it work with Brock Purdy. But you got to think about it. Brock Purdy may be offensive rookie of the year. He hasn't lost since he came into the lineup. How are you going to not give it to People, him? I, I don't know. Or do you I mean, give it to not, Kyle I mean, Shanahan? He's not, throwing for 300. he's not throwing for 300 every week, but – He's productive enough. He's a quarterback. He's more a, than enough. He's a quarterback who's undefeated at the NFL level as a starting quarterback, and he's and he's the guy going. For, they're going to the playoffs with him. Mm-hmm. And I know he's only played what? How many games have been? Four, five, six. Four or five, I think. Yeah. They played pretty good yesterday too. Now McCaffrey's yep. getting on. He's got some horses. I mean, this is not. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, this is the guy that carried Jack Nicholas's bag to the majors. I mean, right? I mean, that's what he's doing. But, <laughs> right? I mean, this, yeah. you know, right now, I, I still think Brock Purdy's a caddy carrying the bag. Sure. But he's a good one. Yeah. He, he, knows, he knows how to work the greens. Uh, let's take a quick look at the rest of the AFC East. Um. How satisfying do you think it was for Geno Smith, a former second-round pick of the New York Jets in 2013, to not only beat his former team as the starting quarterback of the Seahawks yesterday, but eliminate the New York Jets from playoff contention? Yeah, I'll bet it's a pretty happy new year for Geno. <laughs> Right. It's got to. I mean, I know his time there was 
a long time ago, but they did give up yeah. on him. Yeah. And he beat them. The Jets, Steve, what did I say at the beginning of the year? I think they could win seven games. Yeah. That's, that's looks like where they're going to finish. <laughs> Who, seven yeah. games. What do they got? The, who they got in week 18? I the Dolphins. Oh, well, the Dolphins with who at quarterback? Well, that's the thing. Both Skyler teams Thompson? are a mess at quarterback. I mean, you could have <laughs> you could have Joe Flacco against Skylar Thompson in week 18. We don't know. Like Mike White might play again, but he didn't look right yesterday. Well, he'll have another Multiple week. I don't fractures think, I, in his I, ribs and no pass protection. I don't think he had. Uh, I don't think he had any bad hits yesterday. I mean, I don't know. I think I, don't, I think he came out unscathed yesterday, so he'll be a week further away from it. He'll probably be feeling way better. So, but still, they got to play better than they did yesterday against the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. And the bottom line is, and I think most outside observers would agree with this. The starting quarterback for the New York Jets is not on their roster right now. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I here's the He's, thing. I think Mike White comes in and can compete with those guys. They keep saying they're not right. done with Zach Wilson. Well, that's fine. But are either of those guys starting for that team if you want to make the playoffs next year? No. I don't see a way to uh, that. I, my, I see a way for Mike White to do it. because he, To least start? He, at least he functions as he. Less the, at least the offense functions with him in there. Yeah, but he's still. Limited, but I get I it. He's limited. I yes, you're right. But they, Brownie, they're not gonna replace him until they got somebody better to replace him with. And yeah, that's not easy to do. Teams are trying to do it all the time. Outside of the six teams we just mentioned, everybody's trying to do it. You don't think the Denver Broncos would love to switch out Russ Wilson if they could possibly find a way to do it, which they can't. And uh, yeah, they're stuck with him. They're everybody's trying to not, find that and guy. And it's not cheaper to keep her in this instance either. <laughs> it is not. It is not. <laughs> so um, I, I'm um, yeah, I don't know. I there's a lot go. There's a lot in this now. Now here's the thing. This is a real kind of a turning point day, right before the Bills play tonight on Monday Night Football for the rest of the league. Everybody's got one game left, and there's a ton of teams who the game's meaningless next week except for draft order and you've got a whole handle and a whole season's worth of history saying they're they're not good they're not good in multiple areas or they need one guy that kind of range it's a it's a really a turning point i think for fan bases organizations everybody and it's it's an interesting to talk about when you look at these teams in the big picture now that they put a season under their belt yeah we also, with respect to the division, the Dolphins have now lost five in a row. They were eight and three five weeks ago. They are now eight and eight. And as we said, they play the Jets in week 18. Quarterback TBD. We don't know if Tua will get out of concussion protocol or whether Teddy Bridgewater's broken pinky on his throwing hand will keep him from being able to throw the football effectively. And... And looky, looky at who's got a shot to sneak in as a wild card and controls their own destiny going into week 18. The New England Patriots, who we left for dead by the side of the road a month ago. They have now pulled even and have a chance. They have to beat the Bills in week 18 to do it. They win and they're in. There is another scenario where they need like three other teams to lose. So even if they lose, they can still back into the playoffs. But. How about that? I, they, I, I've long said it. Those guys are like a, a, a vampire in a B movie. You got to drive yeah, a stake. Nobody's gotta, got the wooden cross, right? You got to drive a stake through their heart and watch no them. No garlic. Where's right. the garlic? You got to watch <laughs> them burn because you, you, they're they're never dead. They're never gone away. I mean, this is a playoff team from a year ago. So we'll see. That'll be yeah. delicious. If- As it's, the whole league's been wild, but this division has been so topsy-turvy, with thankfully the exception yeah. of the Bills at the top. But holy mackerel, like All right. four weeks ago, you we had the Patriots dead and buried. All right, got to take a break here because when we come back, it is our weekly visit 
with NFL Network's Michael Robinson. He'll preview this biggin tonight between the Bengals and the Bills. Coming up next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health, it's Buffalo Bills Radio. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This has been of the year vibe. But this is probably their sharpest and fiercest test to date. Lose to the Bengals, I think you're screwed. This is this is what you work so hard for throughout the you know the body of the season is to come down to the stretch here and play these games. The dude's all ball. He he loves football. Um, obviously he's he's a heck of a talent, a heck of a player. I mean everybody that watches Josh you don't have there's no there's no secrets about why he's so good. Monday night matchup, the Rumble in the Junk. Inside the five, Bolt is right into the end zone, touchdown Buffalo! The kick is good! It is good! The Bills go back to the playoffs for the fourth consecutive year! All right. It is a heavyweight title fight. I actually thought about Rumble in the Jungle with Ali and Foreman uh, with this one, knowing that uh, the Cincinnati Bengals call their uh, home stadium the Jungle, or at least their fans do. And here to talk about this big one is one Michael Robinson from NFL Network making his weekly appearance, as he does here on One Bills Live. And, Mike, I was shocked to see this was the only game of the week with two teams with winning records. I mean, it was the marquee matchup from the word go. And now with the implications involved, top seed, AFC North title for Cincinnati. I mean, it doesn't get any bigger. It doesn't get any bigger than this. I mean, this is essentially a a playoff preview, a playoff game, a playoff atmosphere, all of that. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see how our Bills and our Bills Mafia responds in this environment. Um, Joe Burrow is a very good quarterback. Uh, Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator, he does a great job of changing things up between series, between plays. Um, I'm excited about this matchup, and not just from a superstar standpoint, but from an X's and O in football standpoint, this should be a good one. Yeah, this is the first time Joe Burrow and Josh Allen have met head-to-head, and you, you wonder you know, how many times it might happen in the future. They're out of the division and all of that stuff, uh, but these two teams are – they go because the guy taking snaps. I mean, I, I was telling Brownie earlier and our listeners earlier, it's a quarterback-driven league. We were talking about the six names at the top of the uh, at the top of the division stand or the conference standings. And here in the AFC, you've got Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, and Lamar Jackson. I mean. <laughs> I mean, that's that. I mean, that's creme. That's the creme de la creme, brothers. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the future of quarterbacking. I mean, I, I did. I interviewed Josh Allen, our quarterback, a few uh, you know a few weeks ago, and just asked him about the top of the AFC and and the quarterbacks, and it's just like every year this is w- the way it should look. And if specifically talking about these two quarterbacks, I just think they get it done in two very different ways, but it's very effective. Joe Burrow. Sneaky athletic, but he does get it done from the pocket a little bit more than our guy Josh does. Josh is that big, strong, big arm guy. He's trying to push it downfield. Both of them have a, a tremendous amount of weapons. So again, this should be a this should be a barn burner. This is you know, all right. I, I talk. Hold on. I, I about these quarterbacks. The one thing about it's frustrating about Joe Burrow when you watch him, and he's been compared to like he plays the way Brady does it, completely from the pocket. 
and he just picks the right guy. And it really is. And he's also a little, and this is going way back, and I'm going to date myself. He's also a little bit like Bernie Kosar in okay. that whatever happens bad to the Bengals, where he take, you know, the, the, the playoff game last year where he took nine sacks and still won the game. This guy will take a bad play. He'll throw it away. It doesn't matter. He'll come back on the next play. He's supremely confident. They got the weapons, and he just keeps putting the ball like a tennis player. And this is what they used to say about Bernie. He just puts the ball back in your court. He's like, now you got to do something to answer him. And he is really, really good at that of just making sure that his team always has the upper hand in whatever situation it is. He'll take a bad play. He's, he's the most you know nonchalant sack taker I have ever seen. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think sometimes, again, in, in this era of quarterbacking where we, we, we really see these quarterbacks not want to have a bad play. I mean, sometimes that's a knock on our guy sometimes, right? Trying right. too hard, you know, sometimes a bad play will happen. And so j- just seeing a guy take a sack sometimes is the best is the best result of the play that could happen. Because if you try to do something else, you turn the football over. And at least if you get a sack, you keep possession. And I think that's one of those things that, you know, when I used to watch Peyton Manning, because I played against Peyton Manning, when you watch Tom Brady, uh, sometimes you know they'll fight a little bit to stay in the pocket, but for the most part, when you get around them, they understand how to give up on the play and just live to fight another day. But I think Joe Burrow specifically, he always keeps that mental edge, and and and, and I think that's very important. Again, you got to have a short memory in this league. You can't let bad plays. You can't let you can't dwell on bad plays because if you dwell on them. They, they, those mistakes tend to come back. And Joe Burrow is just one of the best at it at just moving on to the next play and staying positive. So what is the calling card for Buffalo's defense here to try to at least slow down what Burrow and that passing attack does? Because much like Josh, if you blitz him, he sees it and makes adjustments accordingly more often than not. So he's good at beating the blitz. Uh, I mean, you can sit back and, cover two shell all day, I guess, and force him to go 12 plays down the field. But how do you get the timing of their passing game a little out of whack? Well, I think um, kind of what you saw with Green Bay do with Justin Jefferson, you got to get physical with some of these guys at the line of scrimmage. I think Trey Davey is right. White has been getting his legs back up underneath him, and he's a bigger corner. He'd be a guy that I'd put on T. Higgins, you know what I mean, in man situations. And obviously, Jamar Chase is one of those guys you got to have two sets of two sets of eyes on in man situations and things like that. But quite frankly, up front, whether it's Ed Oliver, whether it's Gregory Rousseau, whether it's uh, Matt Milano in blitzing situations, whether it's um, Edmonds in spy situations where he's kind of dropping back but still kind of watching the quarterback. And, and trigger when he sees it when he sees an opening you got to put a hit put hits on uh joe burrow you got to get physical uh with this team i'm under the understanding that uh i'm not so sure that the cincinnati Bengals will run the football with enough consistency that'll scare this defense but again when you got a guy like ed oliver and and, and settling those guys up front uh being able to just quite frankly beat somebody up up front and uh make a play that's what's going to have to happen because i think uh, we're going to have to play with light boxes, meaning six or seven guys in the box to be able to stop the run to defend against that pass. Because, again, Joe Burrow, he has the patience to just take the check down every single time. That was one of Tom Brady's superpowers, right? W- whatever you give to him, he's just going to take it, right? If he, if you put a running back all the way on the outside, usually quarterbacks don't throw the running backs. Well, Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, those guys, they'll throw it to him. And uh, offensively, uh, for for our Buffalo Bills, we're going to have to have to find like a third receiver that's going to have to have a pretty good day. Yeah, I think also one of the things that works in Buffalo's favor, Cincinnati does not rush the passer well. I mean, DJ Reader uh, and those guys down inside Trey Hendrickson, now they're good players. Reader, particularly in the run game, Hendrickson's playing with a bad bad hook on his hand, a bad wing. He's still going. But they have not gotten very many sacks. They're 30th in the league or so against sacks. they got 26 all year. If they don't pressure Josh Allen, I think this might be one of those games where you play complementary football and Buffalo's offense helps control Cincinnati's explosiveness as well, um, particularly well, given the emergence of their run game. 
And, and that's what I was about to say. That's why I'm so glad to see those explosive runs against Chicago last week, those double teams, those, sp- those speed draws, all of those things, um, just the explosive runs. You need to put it on tape. And I'm a firm believer, especially this week with this Lou Anarumo uh, defense with Logan Wilson in the middle of that defense, 55 with DJ Reader. Those guys from a Buffalo Bills standpoint, they scare me. Because, again, they make the quarterback see one thing pre-snap and then post-snap he sees something totally different and it makes him kind of hitch or guess uh, uh, what he's seeing. And we've seen our quarterback, um, you know, in the red zone in, in the past kind of have those, kind of make those mistakes. And so just that that defense kind of scares me. And so what you want to do is be able to run the football so you can create some play action pass explosive opportunities to kind of get that underneath coverage um, mixed up. Because I do believe Gabe Davis one-on-one, Steph Davis, I mean, uh, Steph Diggs one-on-one, they they won't be able to be stopped. And our guy obviously could put the ball anywhere on the football field. All right. So let's go from the X's and O's to some of the comments that were made by one Tyler Boyd, and by Joe Mixon this week. First, Tyler Boyd said, yeah, the Bills defense, they don't do really do anything exotic. They just kind of do their thing. The secondary really isn't the best one we've played this season. So, you know, a little knock. And then Joe Mixon doubles down and says, the AFC goes through us. We're the dogs of the AFC. Now, look, I know they've won seven in a row. They are the defending AFC champs. This is a giant game. These are two veteran players. What are they doing here, Mike? Well, it it seems like to me they're trying to get Bills and Bills Mafia off their game a little bit. I mean, you know, it's a little gamesmanship in there. I wouldn't have been speaking that way. That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't have done it. You know what I'm saying? But at the end (laughs) of the day, at the end of the day, especially when you talk about the AFC happen to go through them, they represented the AFC last year. And until we beat them, and, and represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. I mean, where's the lie in that particular statement? But at the end of the day, I think they're trying to have a little gamesmanship and get in the heads of the Buffalo Bills players because of that respect, I believe, that they have for Bills and Bills Mafia. If neither team turns the football over tonight, who do you think wins? Bills Mafia, all day by three. Um, I, I believe that this game has a potential of not having any punts. I believe this game has a potential of being a kind of, a, you know, explosive game with being able to slow it down at times. And, and I guarantee there's going to have to be a time where we're going to have to put together a four minute offense and run the football and get first downs with the running backs, James Cook and Devin Singletary. And I believe what we put on tape last week with this offensive line put on tape last week, I believe we can get it done. Last one from me, Mike, um, the way that coach Dorsey, has mixed in tempo the last couple of weeks. He's kind of had them speed it up. He's had them slow it down. Uh, he's caught defenses, you know, without getting a substitution on the field for a personnel grouping change. You know, muddle huddle, sugar huddle, whatever you want to call it. Like, they are jumping into some fast tempo things, which is something that Dayball used to do from time to time. Uh, maybe just explain the the biggest value in that, provided you are – executing and converting yeah so let's just for an example maybe you're in a personnel with two tight ends and two wide receivers we call that 12 personnel right one running back and um maybe you just ran the ball two times in a row but you have an explosive play that you've been setting up all game and you 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 usually run it out of nickel but now you're in 12 personnel and you want to run that same play out of 12 personnel and so you 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 go real fast to kept to catch the defense in a base in a base defense with three uh, linebackers. And so that's that little bit of um, what an offensive coordinator can do to help your quarterback out, to help the offense out. So that playing the quarterback position. And again, it's not easy, but again, but, but you can help your quarterback have an easier job processing and playing the game. When when you can throw a, a defense off, off like that or do what you, you guys used to see Aaron Rodgers do, you see them trying to substitute late, but because you didn't substitute, their defensive coordinator knows what you're trying to do, so he's trying to get nickel back on the game. You get too many guys on the field, you get a free play, all of those things start to start to become alive when your offensive coordinator is thinking like that. But again, that's that's football at a 400, 500 level. And again, I think this offense and obviously Ken Dorsey and this quarterback is ready for that. Mike, thanks, man. Enjoy the game tonight. I can't wait. I mean, we're all sitting here just looking at our watches all afternoon, even with the winter classic going on and, and the Rose Bowl going on. We don't care. 
We, nah, we nah, do not we care. <laughs> I'm going to watch the Rose Bowl and then watch that right on into the Monday night game. But I got to tell you guys, man, Bill's Mafia has been hitting me up. I've at least gotten at least 50 videos of different bars of people just chanting, Bill's Mafia is ready. I can't wait for this game to get started. See you guys next week. All right, Mike, thanks as always for the time. We appreciate it. That's Michael Robinson, NFL Network Analyst. We will take a break. Be back with more, including your keys to the game here on One Bills Live. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you, and it is time to check the tweet sheet, which is always it's brought to you by Corrigan Moving Systems, the official equipment moving company of the Buffalo Bills, where we are asking you today, what are the keys to a Bills victory over the Bengals here on Monday Night Football. And Scott leads us off and says, I'm going to say it's going to hinge on Josh not making mental mistakes and forcing throws. Take what the defense gives him, get motor going early, and control the line of scrimmage. That played a major role in their success rushing against the Bears. They are playing a top-10 run defense, though, Steve. Bengals seventh in the league against the run. You already talked about DJ Reader, who is a bull inside for them at that nose tackle position and while they had wild success last week you know they were playing a defense that i don't think can hold a candle to this bengals front front oh sure yeah yeah that's absolutely true um i think what you're looking for is just to be consistently ahead of the sticks or on schedule with the first down markers and i i don't you know we don't expect to come out like we did last week and have the bills Average eight yards a rush. I mean, that's not going to happen. If they do that, this right. game's going to get out of hand big time. But you you do want to force Cincinnati to stand up to the blocks and give them on a play action and give them something to think about in the run game. And I'm sure they are, given the fact that the Bills have been rushing it pretty good. The one thing I do think, and people discount it, is that the Bills are the only team in the league that's rushed for 100 yards in every game this season. And everybody says, well, yeah, but you got Josh Allen, and, and he, he makes a difference. I'm like, yeah, you got to defend that. That doesn't just get wiped off in the game plan. If, you got, if they've got a quarterback like the Bills had last week in Justin Fields, you got to defend it. And if he pulls it down on man coverage and they got their backs turned to it and you don't close up the gaps up front, you're going to get nicked. And it, whether it's a run or a pass, those plays – are made. Those are play, those are play game breakers, and you got to defend it. You can poo poo it on the stat sheet, but when you get on the field, it means something. So the Bills are going to ha- the Bills are going to rush for a hundred yards in this game. They just are. They always do. You know what I mean? If the Bengals can hold the Bills under a hundred yards, they are doing something special. Because if you know, because they're what happens is they're going to be defending the pass against Josh and rushing the passer, and they're going to give up rushing yards. That's the way it is. So you got to defend it. you got to have a plan for it. Anarumo will. And we've seen other teams have great plans for it. And the, what you get out of the Cincinnati Bengals camp is that – and the Bills are giving them full marks for it. You don't know what defense you're playing against until after the snap. And that can be a problem for Buffalo, and you wonder about it. We'll see what happens in that situation – but you can bet too, and as you talk that you can t- you, you can talk yourself right into what you need to do against these guys, shifts, motion to find out what they're playing before the ball is snapped, and then post snap see if you get it right. Yes, and you're right; those numbers don't just go away. And I'm going to give you another number: the Bills are six and zero this year when Josh Allen has ten carries or more in a game, and they're seventeen and one lifetime when Allen has 10 carries or more. So, yeah, you could say, ah, you got Josh. Of course, your rushing numbers are inflated. Yeah. Hey, you, you, gotta still gotta, you still got to deal with it. You got to tackle him. I mean, that you can say, yeah, yeah, you don't run the ball that well. No, you know what they do? He makes plays. And if you're going to have a spy in there, you're going to rush for and have a spy, that leaves you six guys covering the whole rest of the field. And by the way, the guy you're spying can throw it to the far corner from way back. So you got to spread <laughs> six guys thin in the back end. It's a problem. It is a real problem yeah. for teams to defend them like that. What about this? Um, Josh, as we know, often plays better the bigger the game is. 
Sometimes he also has to calm himself down because he's jacked through the roof when the game kicks off. We we saw in the first tweet there that there is a concern on Scott's part that he might, you know, get too hyped up for some throws. And when he competes against another great quarterback and Burrow's a guy he hasn't faced before, it's almost like I'll show him kind of a thing sometimes. Not all the time, but you've said it yourself. When Josh was younger, you had to peel him off the ceiling. Um, yeah. Is there a concern for that, not only with who he's playing for the first time, but the magnitude of the game? Maybe. I think Josh – yeah, maybe. Of course. But this is his fifth year. And he's right. been in a ton of games like this. He's been in a bunch of playoff games. And he's been in a bunch of prime time games. This year. They're 6-0 and in weird time games this year. Yeah. Thursday night, Monday games. night, you know, Sunday night, Thanksgiving. I mean, they they play these games all the time. So I'm thinking he'll have a plan and for himself – to get himself into it and make sure he doesn't do that stuff. Plus, Ken Dorsey's there in his corner talking to him about it as well. I would, if, you know what I'm looking for in this game? If if they're kind of worried about Josh being sugar high Josh like he used to be, a called quarterback run early in this game, first series. Yeah, get him ahead. We'll see. If that happens, you know they've had conversations about it and they're doing it for him, <laughs> you know? Right? <laughs> Yes. So that's what absolutely. I think. look for that. Look for a cold quarterback run, first series, maybe second series, get him into it. And uh you'll know that that's on that that was on their mind coming into this as well, which is uh, it's not a bad thing. Uh adrenaline can be your friend. So, yeah. We have to take a break here cuz when we come back, we are going to talk more Bills Bengals as we talk to ESPN NFL Nation Bengals reporter Ben Baby when we come back for hour number two here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health, it's Buffalo Bills Radio. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 